Taylor, welcome and happy early birthday. I know. It's weird, dude. It's really weird. I think, what do I turn this year? Seven and three quarters? No, eight and three quarters? Yeah, dude, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Well, so I, I, I know this is like kind of off topic, but like, what is it like having a birthday in a leap year? I was like, I saw like, I saw February 29th. I was like, you had it like growing up. What did you pick? The 28th or the 1st? Oh, no. Naturally, I just did both. Ben, you know oh, me. That's smart. <laughs> you know me All well right. enough. I was like, wait a minute. I don't get a birthday three every four years? No, screw you. I'm going to do both days then. It's all about me. That That's awesome. All right. <laughs> pro, pro, problem solved as a kid. I hope you, hopefully you got double gift. Oh, I um, did. I did for sure. That's awesome. Well, it was, you know, I was thinking back to this, you know, the biggest soccer event this year, obviously, the World Cup. And even for me personally, I just felt like I got way more into it than ever before. And, you know, I had people over my house to watch, you know, one of the one of the games. Like, it just it's just it was fun. So what's your take on this past World Cup, but more specifically the men's uh, the U.S. men's team? I think it's very interesting, Ben, uh, because you and I have known each other for a long time. There's always been this conversation around soccer. Well, you know, it's the next best sport. It's going to come here. And yet I think yeah. people are starting to really realize it's already been here. But for the World Cup in 2022 during college football in the NFL season to have the impact that it did, I think where it, it transcended sports fans and the generic fan was intrigued by it. Uh, I just think it tells you that soccer is actually here. I think when you look at what United States has done in building the infrastructure and where major league soccer is going, then it's just different. The world cup in 2026 dude is going to be a rocket ship to the moon. I don't think anyone knows really what it's going to do. And yet I think you and I both know everybody's going to be enthralled by it. It's the first world cup in three countries. Uh, and I just hope from the U S men's perspective, with this golden generation of players, they take advantage of it because we really could talk about the most epic tournament in World Cup history. Yeah, I was gonna say you must be so fired up, and what it, what a cool you know position for you to be in for like this North America, you know, for what's to come. So I'm sure it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a busy uh, month or so, or at least a <laughs> few months leading up to it for you. But uh, listen, I you know I, I, like you said, right? I've known you for a long time. But I, I didn't realize what a like in crazy family tree of you know, mm -hmm. athletes, athletes, you come from, obviously, I, I, you know, I know you're an unbelievable athlete, but like you, you were destined to, it seemed like you were almost destined to play sports and you played multiple sports, at, you know, in high school and were drafted by the Kansas City Royals. So why did you choose soccer? That's a great question, Ben. How long do we have? Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, this is how, for the listeners that don't know my family history, real quick, when I sat down at Thanksgiving dinner table, with both sides of the family, I had my mom's dad won two World Series with the Yankees, 12 years in the major leagues, 19 years pro ball. His son, my mom's youngest uncle, 25 years on the PGA Tour. My dad, NASL for 10 years. And I tell people that it's not to brag. I tell them because if my brother, sister, and I at the Thanksgiving dinner table said we were going to be teachers, our right. firemen, our police officers, listen, all great, important jobs – my mom and dad would have looked at us and said, huh? All right, like, all right. dude, it was in my genes. It was what it, it was what yeah. we were supposed to do. I think I chose soccer because I could go the farthest, the quickest. We all know how hard it is to be a major league baseball player. 
You've got seven, eight, nine layers. I was 18 when I was offered that deal with the Kansas City Royals. You're talking rookie ball, single A, double A, triple A, two teams often at each level. I was offered a professional deal at 18 to go play soccer right away. So honestly, Ben, I think that's why I made the decision, but I don't think I innately said, no, I'm playing soccer because I'm going to be a pro. I just think my instinct said, you need to see where you're going to take this before you all of a sudden say no. And honestly, the day I said no to the Kansas City Royals was the last competitive baseball game I ever played in. And I didn't know I made that decision that day because soccer took me to a a whole nother level. Yeah, it's wild because I I think for those who were like even the younger generation – Kind of don't really remember soccer. Like back then, it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like it was nothing what it was like today, at least here in, in the U.S. And so for you to make that decision doesn't seem like it was a financial decision. It seems like it was almost like a, just a gut, you know, It was a passion decision. decision. It absolutely was. Because, Ben, you just hit the nail on the head. All the younger listeners right now in the younger generation, they see Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney. They see these guys making $10 million a year. Right. Right. They see me make a decision in 1998 saying, wait a minute, you're going to wait. You, you want to play pro soccer over baseball? Why? You right. hit the nail on the head. Back then, which isn't that long ago, a lot of people are like, are you sure about this? And honestly, I never thought again, thought about it again. I was sure. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, draft of the New England Revolution, number two in uh, 2002. Well, by the way, who was number one that year? You obviously uh, know, right? I, 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 he, he, he gets reminded about this a lot. Uh, Chris <laughs> Bondi, who is now, if I'm not mistaken, he's the head coach of Northeastern University, by the way. All right, all right. It's like for him. Quarter, well, it's like you feel bad for him and the the quarterbacks are all drafted. Oh, no, he's at UConn. Tom. Actually, he's at UConn. He's UConn. at a pretty good pick, actually. There, there you go. It is funny though to see uh, who who went. You know, before. But what do you remember from those early days? Just not only just for you, but more, but like around like the MLS and what kind of the vibe oh, was like. Not bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was there. I, I was at the. I, but I, you I, lived it, dude. You lived it. Yeah, like yeah. it was. We were the ugly stepchild of the yeah. New England Patriots. If yeah. we wanted to use a ten-pound dumbbell, we had to ask three superstars: yeah, yeah. Bill Belichick and everyone else. I got along, you know, with a lot of the guys on those teams. Right, the West Walkers, Julian Edelman, even Willie McGinnis saw me every single day. And yeah. then we both get into media. We tell certain stories. We witnessed a lot of pranks. They witnessed that was fine, but using the facilities, using all that, my man, uh-huh. that was like it, it was like, oh yeah, you know, you guys just take a bagel and a box of cereal for breakfast. Let 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 the real athletes eat. There's a lot of truth in that, but yeah. honestly, there's a lot of fun to that too. Because look at where it is now. The the crafts just built a forty million dollar training facility. Uh, like, yeah, it's just grown really fast, Ben. Um, it. The story that you won't know is the only reason why I came back to MLS was September 11th happened. Mm. And I was playing in Germany with 1860 Munich. And that day there was two Eastern Europeans on the team. And in German, they said under their breath in the locker room, we deserved it. Mm. I lost my shit. Yeah. I lost it. And I was 20 at the time. And emotionally, I had to mature very quickly. And I was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. I want to see my family. I'm out. I, I, we are flawed as Americans. I get it, but I'm still yeah. proud to be American. And at that moment, dude, I was like, no. So the only place I could go to Ben, because there was a team in Germany that really wanted me. It was close to an army base, Kaiserslautern. 
Yeah. The co the owner of that team that I was at, 1860, 1860 Munich, said, I'm only gonna let you go back to MLS. That's how I ended up here. That's I just didn't really want to go to New England. I didn't really want to go into the draft. I was already a pro, but the league wanted to make an example of me. The short of it is it was awesome for me. I was humbled and I ended up being here and I'm still here and I've been here for 22 years. Dude, if you would have told me in 20, uh, 2002, I would have been yeah. like, I'm out of here. I'm going to be in Florida before you know it. And yet here I am doing a Zoom and it's got eight inches of snow outside. I mean, it was crazy though. For those who don't know, like you had a prolific career from 2002 to 2009. You scored more goals uh, in MLS than any other player. You're your youngest player to score 100 goals in the MLS in 2009. To the 2005, you won both the Major League Soccer MVP award and the MLS Golden Boot. Like on and on and on. I, I have a list here of just endless ones. But like, what? You know, obviously, like we talked about your family history and all that. There's there was kind of natural talent, but like. What do you think contributed most to your success? Um, that's a real good one. I genes don't say the team. Don't say the team. All right. I will not say the all team right, right. because this is would be the most boring podcast ever. Yeah. You know our team, and our team was good. Now you yeah, yeah. Yeah, mentioned, sure. and the listeners need to know this. We're the only team to lose more than four MLS Cups. Right. I lost uh, three in a row. I'm one of three players to lose four MLS Cups. Now, in saying that. You yeah. have to get there, right? And we get all that. The Buffalo Bills, Jim Kelly, I get all that. My team was good. However, jeans was a huge part of it. I don't care what anyone says, but you mix my mom's side with my dad's side. Dude, it was innate. But yeah. but Ben, you've known me and hung out with me for a long time. I was fearless. I And part of the reason why my career ended at 28 with the bad concussion yeah. I would do anything and everything to score a freaking goal. I loved it. Um, I, there was a, uh, it just, it was what I was born to do. Yeah. And that's the thing that happened. The goalkeeper comes out, punches me in the face and the career was over right before the 2010 world cup, all that stuff. But Ben, I wouldn't change it for the world because that was who I am. That's who I am today. And if I changed it, I'm not sure I would have had as much fun or any fulfillment from the career, if that makes any sense. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's wild to see though, that, um, it's just wild to follow that career and that because I don't again like MLS what isn't what it was that, you know today and so a lot of people probably missed a lot of that but like you know literally like talking to the Tom Brady of you know of MLS um, you know back then and so I want to get more into because I just like one more question because I, yeah. I again I was there like it was just such a funny juxt funny juxtaposition between the Revolution and the Patriots back then. And I, I remember I used to go and like hang out in the Revolution like lounge and locker room, and like you couldn't get within two feet of the Patriots locker room. And like you know, and, and like yeah, I dressed as slide of the mascot and went to like appearances and <laughs> and all that. And so it, it is interesting. But but was there ever a, like like did you ever feel like you were like um not respected enough by the, you know, ownership group or like, did you ever, did you, could you feel that as a team or did you? And, and this is, it's, it's a great way. I mean, honestly, I love the way you describe that because we were so approachable. We hung out with you. We, yeah. we, we were an open locker room. We had to be part of that is being an ambassador to the game. Right. If we close our doors, we're not going to grow anything. Yeah. Ben, I still hold the record in major league soccer and your boy, Tom Brady, same year. 2002, I did 59 appearances. Appearances, yeah. Three of them were paid. Yeah, it's wild. Three I mean, of them were paid. Now, um, yeah. did I feel disrespected? I'm going to be honest. 
No, because I knew growing up in the family that I did, my father, you got to remember, my grandfather won two World Series with the Yankees. And both years he won, he had a winner job. They weren't making $300 million a year. This is in the 50s and 60s, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was growing up in a thing. You're not bigger than the sport. The sport's bigger than you. And then I see the Patriots win the Super Bowl, and I see the buzz in Boston. What people don't remember in Boston, because we've been so – this city's been so dominant for the last 20 years, the Celtics and Bruins sucked. Yeah. And the Red Sox hadn't broken the curse. So when the Revs all of a sudden host MLS Cup, 67,000, you know what I mean? It wasn't like if we win that, dude, we're in the same conversation. Then we lose yeah. 05, 06, 07. The Red Sox just broke the curse in 04. Celtics hadn't won yet. Yeah. Bruins hadn't won yet. So we were on the precipice of actually growing it. The, word, the question that you asked is a great one because it wasn't disrespected because I felt like I had to do it. But the fact that you're talking to me on February 27th, 2023, and I still have that record in the league, now yeah. I feel disrespected. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's wild. It's wild. I, like some point they need to do like a documentary on that, like just those the teams back then and the more kind of the details of it all. It, it was just all um, – so interesting but thank you for the hospitality and i think i used to get free uh, By the way, how many beers did you have in our locker yeah, That's i was gonna say the free well i do remember is like the nights you'd go out and like you kind of show up at work pretty hungover and like you needed a dark place to like you, you guys had the lounge there with the tv we kind of go back in there and like disappear like uh disappear in there for a while so there that and then the um we had a patriots rv and yes, like we some did. rv Sometimes kind of go pass out in the RV, and then you obviously the remember those minivans, the Revolution minivans. Oh, used to yeah. drive. <laughs> oh my god! I think uh, one of them's still on fire between four oh, I, I won't. I won't mention any names, but I I do. Uh, I do think one of them might still be on fire. So, uh, but um, so at, at, you know, after soccer, you went on uh, to you know media broadcasting, joining ESPN, you know, the big dog, and then now now headed you know to Apple. So like. You know, what advice, you know, I, you know, somebody I know very well going into the media world and, and, and all that. And so tell, give Tom, like, what would be the advice you give to getting into the uh, media and broadcasting? First off, stay true to yourself. Um, yeah. uh, that would be the first one, because if you're not authentic, um, the viewer's not going to the, the viewer's going to know you're full of it. Now, yeah. you and I could have a long conversation about some of the media members that have a shtick and that have a certain way of going about it because they know it's for the clicks or whatever. Yeah. But the athletes, the ones that go into the media, you got to be true to yourself. You've got to be authentic and real. And yeah. if the viewer doesn't like it, so what? At least you can look yourself in the mirror and say, that's what I believe. That's how I am. The second one is you got to get used to hearing your voice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The most awkward thing in the world. When you hear your voice, <laughs> you're like, Oh my God, I sound terrible. Yeah. Like, like Ben, that's the hardest thing in the world is like, you really got to let your guard down. It's not easy. It, yeah. And look, we've seen some of the NFL guys that came in, everyone loved them. And then in the blink of an eye, all of a sudden, everyone doesn't love them. Like this weird, yeah. world we live in right now is a weird world. In the blink of an eye, you cannot be liked. So you got to have tough skin, all that. But my number one advice is to be yourself. Because if you yeah, are, it. I think real good authenticity comes from your comments. You can have a voice coach. You can learn the craft and all that, Ben. 
but you yeah. got to give your honest opinion, opinion and honestly be willing to not sit on the fence. Pick one way or the other, and if it's wrong, so be it. At least you're definitive and you're given an opinion. Yeah. And I, and then I think it becomes fun. I do. Yeah. I think it keeps you involved in the game in ways you probably wouldn't evolve. I'm an anomaly because I was 28, dude. I had no... Ben, if you would have asked me when you and I were hanging out, Taylor, you're going to do the media? I would have said, get the hell out of here. There's yeah, no yeah, yeah. And then you end up in this spot. I had yeah. to, and I kind of found it really by chance. So I feel kind of lucky. Mm. But you know me, dude. I've always had something to say. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love you. So tell us about the deal with Apple. What's going on there? Honestly, it's the most revolutionary moment in MLS history. 27 years. Uh Fox, NBC, ESPN for all 27. Uh, they've been huge parts of the growth of the league. Apple walked in, said, here's two and a half billion over 10 years. We want to make it the focal point of our app and our coverage. We already had week one, 1080p cameras, a studio that's never been seen in, quite frankly, in any sport. Uh, ben, it's broadcasted no blackouts in 108 countries. It's unprecedented. And so to think that Major League Soccer's part of that, Ben, that's cool, right? So now the NBA is coming up on a media deal. The Bundesliga, the Premier League, the international leagues and sports watched week one and said, wait a minute, MLS was broadcasted in 108 countries, no blackouts, no restrictions, no rules. You get what you get. Uh, I think you and I are going to be talking about this deal of changing the media landscape because I think Apple wants to make everything, quote unquote, for lack of a better word, global. Yeah, it's wild. And so get, talking about the MLS, like, like again, I can't – I just keep thinking back to what the MLS what? was back in the day. And now, like, where, where, where's the MLS in 10 years? Is it is there five major sports in the U.S.? And, and I know I'm kind of – it's like I, I know you're maybe a little biased, but like, are we talking five five major? Well, sports? No, it's it's. I don't think I'm I'm biased, but I'll use the metrics. I think they are already in the conversation, except the World Series and Stanley Cup moves those meters a little bit. Yeah. But I can't sit here, look you in the camera, talk to you on this podcast, and say it's not one of the big sports in the country or in the world when what the world cup in 22 just did during college football in the NFL. Now yeah. major soccer is a different question. And that's what you're asking. Can major league soccer be part of the American landscape? And the answer is 100%. Yes. And I yeah. think sports media landscape in the next two years, you and I are going to redo this podcast because a lot's going to change with regional sports television more than likely going away. What does that look like for the other sports? And then the World Cup comes here in 26. They're going to see 27 soccer-specific stadiums. Ben, I, I, I'm, I'd be an idiot to try to quantify that. I think it's going to be in the conversation. Is it going to be the NFL? Uh-uh. It never yeah. will be. The NFL is a different animal. Is it going to be the NBA? No. But could it catch baseball and NHL in the demographic where we thrive, 18 yeah. to 35? Buddy, I, I definitely think it's in the conversation. I do. No, and I, I don't disagree. The fact I caught myself like watching intensely and cheering hard to the, you know, the World Cup this year. And now, you know, that's all you need. And I'm hooked. I'm hooked. So I'm excited. But you had mentioned um, you had mentioned earlier about your concussion and, and how that ended your career. And so talk to us about the Think Taylor Foundation and, and what you have going on there. Ben, honestly, it's the one thing I I didn't know. And this is my life's work. 
when I was scoring goals for the Revs, I thought that was the only thing people are going to remember me for. And I and I did. I believed that. I was yeah. high on my horse, and I said, I'm going to score as many goals as possible. I'm going to set records, and everyone's going to talk about that's what I – dude, nobody talks about that. If you Google my name, what's the next word that comes after my last name? Concussion. And, yeah. and what I didn't realize at 28, it's been the greatest gift given me. It, it's not easy. I haven't worked out in over 12 to 13 years at a high level. I still have restrictions. But Ben, I have given traumatic brain injuries in sports a voice, a voice for evolution, not to get rid of sports. I am not on that side. We have to have sports for our boys and girls. It teaches so many life lessons. But dude, we'd be so dumb if we have science telling us, you know what, maybe wait to head a ball, maybe no checking, maybe no tackle football to a certain age. Why wouldn't we listen to science? Keep the sports, evolve, but do that. Dude, that's what we're doing. So I started a foundation, thinktaylor.org. It's all it is, is creating social awareness and social change around TBIs. And our pledge is to be a pledge to be honest, educated, and supportive. And if those three areas I change regarding TBIs with our kids, Ben, you and I as dads, the coaches, the parents, the moms, the teachers, they're, they're not going to have any say because my money's on kids. If I educate the kids, they're going to make better decisions yeah. When they're older and dude, we've had over 7 million, 7 million kids take the think Taylor pledge. It's non-evasive. I don't have any agenda. It's not making money for any corporation or hospital. All I'm doing is raising money. It goes directly back out to creating education and awareness tools. And I'm using soccer to do that because I get more girls than I do boys and girls have a higher rate of concussions at certain ages than boys do. I need to educate both sexes. I can't just use American football and try that or primarily hockey or lacrosse or cheerleading. I got to do it all. And the best way to do it is the sport that every kid's playing when they're young and that's soccer. Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll make sure to include links and all that for the community here to check out and obviously support. So last question, I was trying to figure out how to end it, but like you've had so many epic memories and moments while during your playing career, is there one that just stands out? Uh, Every single time I reconnect to people like you. And I mean this because Ben, Ben, when I, when we pass, we die, dude, I I don't care about any golden boot MVP or whatever, dude, you and I spent before this podcast, 20 minutes talking about old times. I was so blessed, so blessed with hanging out with some of the best dudes I've ever met. You and I just reconnected through so many different things and it was as if you and I had beers two days ago and watched the yeah. Like, so right. yeah, I could give you bicycle kick goals. I could give you certain moments, but that's not true. That's not, I'm smiling so big right now because I reconnected with you. We're talking on a podcast. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> I love it, baby. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate the time so very much, but most like you said, right. I appreciate the friendship. I, pre- I appreciate as you controlled the locker room back in the day, I appreciate those Gatorades in the dark room. Yeah. In case I, <laughs> Showed up at the Patriots there a little with a little bit of a hangover. And uh, but man, best of luck with uh, the new MLS season kicking off tonight and, and everything else you got going on. We'll, we'll be here to support. So thank you. Yeah, Great seeing you, my man. Keep it going.